0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of All Cute Up, uh, the review podcast. Tried the streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host Greg Deeds, which is my co-host Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Uh,
1: pretty good week. Pretty good week. I got my got my entry turned in for the painting competition at the comic shop. The uh, Gundam Barbatos that I painted up and showed you pictures of it looks really good. I'm proud of it. Um, got a, yeah. got an airbrush, a portable, uh, spray booth for airbrushing. Seeing as how I got an airbrush about five or six months ago, and it's just been sitting in a box and I haven't tried it out yet. Cause I haven't had anywhere to use it. Got a little portable spray booth by master, uh, on Amazon for like a hundred bucks. And, uh, It's pretty nice. It's got dual fans. It's got a filter that clips into place. So the fan sucks the paint particles into the filter and, you know, there's no mess Mm -hmm. and it's got LED lights on the top. So everything's nice and lit. And You know, I broke it out, put it together Monday and broke it out yesterday and. used it for a little bit and you know i've been painting minis for four or five years on the regular but airbrushing is a completely different beast completely different beast it's going to take a while to get used to it getting your paint consistency right and your spray distance down and the precise control of the airflow getting it to where you don't blast paint too fast out of the end of the gun and this it's going to take practice to get hang get get the hang of it but i'm excited about it you know it's just another tool for my arsenal but uh started playing uh tales of symphonia remastered it's one of my favorite games that's interesting Uh, that doesn't sound like last of us part two it's not. <laughs> but I'm going to be playing that one soon. I promise. Um, but uh, that came out a week or two ago. Two weeks ago, I think it was. And I was like, ooh. And I got it from Best Buy because, you know, I have a Best Buy credit card. And I was like, yeah, I'm buying that. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of surprised you haven't spent the...
0: The money on uh, uh um, Octopath Traveler 2.
1: I didn't realize that it's available for the PS5 until two days ago. So, yeah, the only console it's yeah. not available for is the Xbox. So, I'm actually gonna pick it up probably next month. Uh, but yeah, I, I will play Last of Us 2 before I play that. Oh, <laughs> uh, gotcha. but. But yeah, got, a got Misty and Madison each a surprise gift. Got Misty a sweet new coffee mug. It's a little, it's customizable coffee mug. It's got pictures, like little animated drawings of she and I on there. And I'm hugging her from behind. We're both naked on it. And it says on the other side, it says, I love everything about you, um, including your butt i really love your butt or something like that (laughs) and she loves it but she gets embarrassed by it it's funny and i got madison a baby goat squishmallow and she's not put that thing down in 48 hours she put it down for the first time this morning because she had to go to school she's like can i take this to school with me I was like no she loves it so i was like hell yeah Nice. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Other than that, you know, just been painting and... Oh, I built that Snake Mountain last week. That Mega Construct Snake Mountain. It's fucking ginormous. 3,803 pieces. It took me four days to build and three of those days were fucking like 10, 11 hour days I worked on it, but, uh, yeah, it took a long time, but it looks so cool, uh, especially next, you know, I got them on the shelf next to my castle gray skull and they look cool side by side, but yeah, that's pretty much been my week. Other than that, I haven't really done much of anything other than watching the, uh, Things we reviewed or we were reviewing today. Uh, how's your week been?
0: Uh, it's just been a lot of like, like if it's not work, it's it's dealing with car stuff. Because as you a lot of you heard last week, you know I drove that car from San Jose, uh, but like there's maintenance that needs to be done on the car. So Saturday or Sunday after work the woman that would take me to this grocery store where we didn't have a car, she brought her husband over who used to be a mechanic. And so he was kind of looking it over and he was like, honestly, it's just a lot of TLC stuff. Um, you want to replace fluids. You want to make sure, t- you know, belts are good and stuff like that. Yeah. Basic maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, belts it's when a car for, sits for a year,
1: then you definitely, yeah, belts when a car sits, they'll dry rot if it just sits. So, That's a good thing to replace and the fluids and everything. Yeah. What else did he say? (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Um, You know, I don't get paid until the afternoon. So my dad goes to dialysis. When he got back, um, I went out and bought. uh, What did I buy? Went out Monday and I got I went to the grocery store. Some for the car. But one of the one of the fun things about the car that's been that's sucked so much, and I'm glad I kind of got it taken care of a little bit, is uh when when rubber sits for too long, there's like a disintegration on it. Mm-hmm. And so it gets this black fucking film. And I yep. could not, for the life of me, get it off of the car. If I touched the frame of the door, there would just be black marks on my hand. So uh I went out there. Monday evening and just like scrubbed the shit out of it. And now this shit's all in my fingernails and whatnot. Cause it won't go away, but it's like fucking 18 hand washes and a shower later. And it's still there. I'm like, Oh Jesus. Uh, but yeah, yesterday, um, I went and, uh, I was going to get the car washed. I was going to, I was going to clean it myself. Cause I was going to do the, I was manually going to do, uh, down the street from my house. There is a manual car wash. I should say. Yeah. With like a power washer thing.
1: Yeah. With the um, wand and you stand and you go around the car. And... Yeah. Well, um,
0: and I was going to bring a, uh, I was going to bring a sponge or something to scrub the, the, the rest of the rubber, but it was like super rainy and windy yesterday. So I was like, nah. So instead my dad and I did our due diligence and research to, uh, get proper insurance for the car, um, get all the paperwork in order to have it properly licensed and and registered. So that way when we get the smog check done, you know, it's just honestly the past few days have been a lot of that. And uh, so nothing inherently special, but it's nice to have a car. It's nice to, hey, I'm going to go grab lunch. Real quick, and not spend an arm and a leg I'm getting some fucking burgers.
1: You know, yeah, not using yeah, DoorDash you, or whatever. So, you're you're saving a couple hundred bucks on Uber uh, a week. You know, you're yeah. saving what? Uh, how much would you say extra you'd have to pay for DoorDash about versus two, going and getting it?
0: About half, genuinely. Okay. Like, um, let's say I wanted to get Burger King. Uh What I got yesterday at Burger King cost me $23. It would have been close to $50 if I did DoorDash. Jesus Christ. Uh Uh-huh. So. And when I say lunch, $23, that was for all three of us,
1: not just me. Yeah, I I assumed. I was going to say, you know. It was just a couple Whoppers, and then my mom didn't want anything but a large fry, so. Oh, hell, I know too. I know when Misty and I go to Burger King and get like two Whopper meals, it's like 15 bucks. So. Yeah.
0: But, uh. Yeah, it's been awesome. Like, I just, I, I'm so happy to fucking have a car again. Hell yeah, that's great. That's great. Um. But, uh. The other thing is that we've been talking about moving to the, the, this move to Texas that's supposed to happen. I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but working at a U-Haul uh, supplier um, or dealer—sorry, we're called a U-Haul dealer—is what we are. Because we're not a we're not a center, so we don't you know we only make commission off of rentals and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. I've been able to look into how much it costs to go from where we live in California to where we would go in Texas. Take a stab in the dark on how much you think that costs. Okay, let's say twenty-six
1: footer. Let's do a twenty-six footer as well. Okay, a twenty-six foot trailer. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling out my trusty calculator. Uh, I'm going to guess it's about fifteen hundred miles. I could Google the mileage.
0: You're about roughly. Right.
1: Uh not flights, driving. Seventeen hundred miles. So okay. So seventeen hundred miles.
0: I like the dead air on the podcast for I'm my I'm sorry. Comments. I'm sorry. You're
1: good. I'm going to say it's going to be in between $525 and $600. Just for the U-Haul mileage and gas. So, say the number again. In between uh, let, let,
0: let's say 600 bucks. You couldn't be more wrong if you tried. I mean, I tried. I'm going to we're going to play a wrong. game. We're going to play a game. We're going to play a game. I'm going to do okay. hot and cold for how much it costs to take a 26-footer from Elk Grove, California, to Joshua, Texas. Okay. And you said 600? You are Arctic below zero levels cold. Okay, so it's four figures.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. 1,200. Still freezing. Wow. Is the first digit of two that would still be freezing? You're fucking kidding me. I am not. Three cold, five cold. Oh my god, how much is it? Seriously, 7,500. 7500 bucks. Yep. How much is it a mile?
0: Well, U-Haul doesn't calculate by miles. Oh, they, they calculate don't? by a lot of mar- a lot of factors. So by because you're taking a vehicle, um, if you're doing a local run, so taking it back to the same place, they calculate by miles. Uh, but if you're going across the country, they don't necessarily count by miles. They give you an allotted amount of miles and then just give you a price. Now, what somebody did figure out is that he took a 26-footer from here to to Arizona, and then he picked up another one to Texas. Now, that, doing that transfer truck situation, cost him $4,000 instead of the 7,000. But he had to move everything from one twenty-six footer to the other.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh-huh. It is fucking extremely expensive to move across,
1: like, to move that far. See, I Not was calculating it by out. mile.
0: That's well, well, so fucking much. There's no way we would have that kind of money to begin with no so um kind of decided to do sorry folks if this sounds like a weird conversation or like a weird interruption between my and i it's because uh fucking StreamYard is a massive piece of shit right now
1: and it yeah, just it delays my audio to my for some reason yeah, don't know why we're both hardwired. So yep. there's yeah, no reason for it to happen on either of our end. So seventy five hundred dollars, which you guys don't have, uh, won't have any time fucking soon. Uh, even with having a car and being able to save money on Uber and you know food, what the fuck is the new tentative plan? So, well.
0: The plan is well. When, when I was looking into that, I was sitting there saying, "Okay, well, you know, Dad can get a loan. Uh, there's a there's a company that he's gone through to get loans before called OneMain, who has like they yeah, keep yeah Main Financial, yeah a twelve to ten thousand dollar loan. They keep offering that, and um, in in lieu of that, uh, what we have decided is um, we're going to use that loan to move. That's how we would move. But we were trying to find some other alternative to moving from California to Texas because it doesn't matter what moving company you go with. They're going to charge you a huge amount from California to Texas. Penske, um, the other one I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Enterprise has fucking moving trucks and they're still extremely expensive for the move. However... There is an alternative, and that's moving pods.
1: Oh, like the fucking storage containers that you can put on a flatbed or something. Uh-huh. Those, uh, one ten by ten
0: container is about two grand. Whew.
1: Still nothing to fucking sneeze at.
0: No, it's still expensive. I mean, it's gonna be it was gonna be expensive regardless. Like, Jeff uh, Jeff played it right. Jeff played it safe where uh, he got rid of all of his furniture wow. and then stuffed everything into a 6x12 trailer and then drove that to Texas. And then bought all of his uh, uh, new furniture there. That was his absolute cheapest option. And it still probably cost him. And so I've been trying to talk to my parents and oh yeah, it still was expensive as shit. It was still like, um, I think the, that 6x12 trailer from here to Texas is like close
1: to two grand. God damn. Uh-huh. See, I've, I've moved from one state to another, but all of my belongings were with me in one vehicle. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. have to transport furniture and shit like that. So I've never rented a moving truck from one state to another. I have rented moving trucks from town to town, and that's always been less than a couple hundred bucks, or less than three hundred bucks total with mileage and gas and rental fees and et cetera. So, holy fuck!
0: Yeah, it's it, dude. It is insane. Like, it genuinely is extremely expensive. And it was a rude awakening for us because we were like, how are we going to do this? My dad's like, I don't want to get out alone to move. And I'm like, well, you got a better option. You let me know. Which I almost said, I think one of our better options is just stay here. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I mean, like. I've been trying to tell people this, trying to explain it to people because a lot of people go, why would you even want to move to Texas? It's a shitty state. There's problems. It's going to be expensive to move. Yada, yada, yada. And I go, this is essentially the retirement home for my folks. That's what this is. It's got a backyard for my one to do do gardening. Um, Everything's ground level so they they don't have to fucking like, this is maybe an overshare, but my dad can't make it upstairs all the time to use the bathroom. I've watched this man shit his pants so many times because he just can't make it upstairs fast enough. To go pee, he uses a cup in the kitchen and then puts it down the sink. I'm tired of seeing that. Not not for the sake of like, it's gross,
1: but because... It's a better quality of life for them. I understand that. Yes, and that's what's important. Mm I wish it weren't necessary,
0: but uh, I don't go, well, why are you moving? Uh-huh. You know, like a couple people have asked, why are you going then? If it's their retirement home, and I go, because they need someone to take care of them. Jeff's not going to be there all the time. Jeff works, like he's gone from the house, you know, three to four days at a time because of his job. My dad's going to be doing home dialysis. That's a daily fucking thing. I need to be there for that
1: because I'm going to be trained to do it. Have you looked into. So. Will his insurance cover that? Getting it set up and everything. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I know insurance fucking regulations, what they cover from state to state varies.
0: Well, For his situation and the and the the circumstance he is in, um, it's a federal thing, not a state thing. Okay. We trust me. We have looked in that because I had that thought too. I was like, you know, how are we going to handle that? How are we going to deal with the fact that California and Texas have different rules and laws when it comes to medical? Mm -hmm. And that was our solution. That was our that was our discovery was that it it didn't matter because it was all federal. There was a woman that helped my dad find the file some paperwork here recently because of it
1: okay okay that's good yeah so I don't know it's just
0: it's a lot to deal with you know you think of if I move from here to another town in like if we move to Tracy, which is about an hour and a half away maybe an hour away from here. That wouldn't be as big of a fucking problem. That wouldn't be as big of a headache. No. But Jeff, you know, he's, you know, he's he's uh, he looks at it from the perspective of pure money. He looks at it from the perspective of politics.
1: Unfortunately.
0: So. But it'll be, you know, I think. I think on the other hand, it'll be a interesting experience. Oh, it's going to be be an an experience. (laughs) I can't say positive or negative. Like I can't, I can't yet because I don't know, but you know, the other, I'll say the other, the other interesting or good side to this Maya is I get to see a lot of the states going through to to Texas because we're going to, we're going to drive there if we're using pods.
1: Yeah. And let's say, you know, you can probably travel route 66 for a part of the way
0: i want to go through albuquerque for sure for obvious reasons breaking bad Uh uh-huh oh yeah um but so that's been like honestly the past couple days has just been that ever since we got the car it's just been a lot of like how do we handle this next bit how do we you know where do we go from here and so I haven't had a whole lot of time to, to do fucking fun shit. At least the past, you know, past week I should say. But, um, but there is a couple fun things I got to do this week, and that's what we're going to review today. Haha. <laughs> 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 Segway, bitches. Uh, season one and Poker Face season one, and then we're also going to talk about Mandalorian episode three of season three, which we watched this morning before recording. But, yes. Uh, Let's go in order of release and start with Poker Face.
1: Well, it was episode 10. It was titled The Hook, uh, season finale of Poker Face. Uh, The synopsis here is really short. Charlie finds herself in Atlantic City, where she finally faces the music with Cliff Sterling Sr. and even her sister, Emily. Um, So that's the write-up. Not much to tell there, is there? Uh, So, at the end of the episode, Escape from Ship Mountain, we saw that she was in the hospital with a broken leg in Denver. Um, And Cliff was posted up outside saying, we've got her. Next thing you know, uh, the next episode starts. It cuts to a flashback of Cliff spending the past year tracking Charlie down where she may have been and just missing her by days in certain instances. Uh, and in some instances being right on her fucking heels and losing her like in the nightclub in the metal epi- metal episode. Um, but Sterling senior played by Ron Perlman, uh, tells cliff, he's like, I can go take her out right now. He's like, no, I want her healthy. Bring her to me when she's healthy. So he waits two months outside this hotel every day. She gets released, uh, finds out her bill's been paid, and goes outside. And there's Cliff. He takes her back to Atlantic City where she meets face to face with Sterling. He's like, I've got a gift for you. And in the flashbacks, we see that he's going to give her her old job back, like all's forgiven. Uh, but when she reaches into this box, she pulls out a gun. Uh, she, the lights go out. Sterling gets shot and killed. And then we see how it plays out. Well, she's on the run, uh, because obviously they think she's done it. And she goes to her sister's house because her sister and niece live in Atlantic City. And her sister is played by Clea Defall. Oh, so yummy, Clea Duvall. Oh, sorry, um, <laughs> dude, that, that that woman does things to me. I'm telling you. <laughs> all
0: right, all right, put it back. In
1: ever since, ever since, ever since the '90s, man, I'm telling you, something about her. But, but yeah, uh, we see a very strained family dynamic. Uh, we see Charlie on the run, uh, you know, because the FBI is now looking for her. Now she's on the FBI's radar. And her friend that she made back in the uh, nursing home episode uh, in the FBI uh, was in charge of the case. So, yeah, it was, it was a fun episode. It was good. It give gives us some... Insight on her past a little bit uh, sets up potential season two. Like, where could it go from here? I enjoyed it. What do you think?
0: Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a fun episode. I really enjoyed Ron Perlman. You know, like his his role, and it was a lot of fun. The fact that I didn't recognize his voice in episode one over the phone, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, because he's a very distinguished voice like I, I usually can tell um, I like the uh the double double cross throughout the entire episode that was fun um mm-hmm. and I do I do find it a little cliche but you know it's it works for this show uh because like that's the entire like every time the title card comes up with every single episode it looks like an old grindhouse movie that's yeah. that's how these are designed to be is very grindhouse y so having a cliche this is how we're gonna you know keep the show going if we get a season two. I thought that was pretty smart um but uh but yeah I mean it's it's just uh I think the show started off stronger than it ended for sure. We had some rock star episodes but we had some just fucking
1: there cu the fucking
0: I was like cue the fucking prices right uh, losing music uh, episodes and uh, um, like some of them are just forgetful. And I know that that's oh. going to be essentially the same with season two. If we get a yeah. it. Still hasn't been a well, well,
1: I was just getting ready to say it has been confirmed uh, in February. It's been renewed for a second season. I missed that news entirely. Well, I just saw it on the Wikipedia.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Um, that's good. I mean, it's it it deserves more more light. I think. Like I think last week was stronger than this week, but not you know not by a ton. No, no,
1: not by a ton, but definitely a little bit stronger. But still a good solid episode. Wasn't a shitty episode. Uh, yeah. Which I don't think there were actually shitty episodes. There were a couple that were just. Kind of there, you know, yeah, like a. but that's fewer of them than not.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, this the show is if you watch anime, there's a term called a filler episode. Filler episodes, in terms of anime, are um, they are designed to there is they're literally called filler because um. When an anime is being made and it's based off of a manga, which nine times out of ten they are, it might catch up to where the manga is. And so they have to come up with side content that's not part of the main plot in order to uh, uh, allow the viewer to to not move away from it. So that way there's constant new content. And so you get a lot of filler episodes that outright fucking suck. And there's some shows where the filler is actually, there's more filler than there is content based off of the source material. Yeah. There are episodes in this show that feel like filler content, but the premise of the show lends to really have anybody come in and kind of write their own little thing for Charlie to do. Yeah. So it's, it's smart in that, but but yeah i mean that's uh
1: well it's got I'm gonna, that I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm it's got that old Go school like old school serial uh old school uh t v series feel to it you know back in the seventies and eighties like this week this happens this week this happens There is not much overarching plot overall, just one loose point A to point Z and then scatter points all in between getting there. Uh, But it's not like a focused narrative so much where a lot of storytelling lies today Uh, and things we consume anyway. Uh, So, I mean, you know, it's kind of refreshing in that regard. But I think it also kinda suffers just slightly, not significantly, just slightly from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I I think I'll give I'll give this episode itself an A. Maybe an A minus. Yeah, I'll go with A minus, and I'll give the series an A. Like the series is an A plus, like, you know. there are some fucking you know, a plus episodes, but then there's a lot of like C episodes, C minus episodes. So, but overall it's enjoyable enough for me to want to come back for season two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What grade would you give it? Uh, I'll give this episode an A and I'll give the series as a whole an a, Um, you know, a couple episodes were like B here, C there, but just a couple out of 10, I think it was strong enough to keep an A overall. Uh, the The use of the guest stars that they've used, uh, are wonderful uh, in most cases. Um, you know, most of the shows have been, most of the episodes have been interesting enough uh, to hold my engagement the entire time. Uh, you know, a couple were. Not bad, just kind of there, like we said. But overall, you know, pretty strong uh, debut series. Uh, and I think some standout episodes, uh, with one that comes to mind particular uh, was the episode that Natasha Leon herself directed with Nick Nolte in it. That was a fun one. Uh, this obvious, you know, obvious for me because of my... Fucking uh, hardcore uh, fixation on Clea Deval. Of course, you know I really enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Interesting that she plays her sister, and because you know, in a, their first project together, they played love interest So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it a whole lot. Uh, look forward to a second season.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the first of two Pedro Pascal projects, um, "The Last of Us Part Two.
1: Or to the yes, wow, Christ, 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 the just, just part one. Just part one, episode nine. Look for the lights. Um, other than the opening ten minutes, this was almost shot-for-shot shot, the game ending. Um. Oh yeah. But the opening ten minutes, we see a flashback of a pregnant woman. Uh, it is a woman named Anna. She is running in the woods through a field. Very pregnant, she makes it to an abandoned house. She locks herself in. She makes it upstairs, braces a chair behind a door, and she pulls out her switchblade knife. Uh, We hear a crash downstairs, we hear clamoring uh, coming upstairs, we hear pounding on the door and then an infected uh, burst through the door attacking her, biting her on the leg while she is stabbing it and it's at this moment she is giving birth. So boom, there's baby Ellie just laying on the hardwood floor while her mom's just been bitten on the inner thigh by an infected and the umbilical cord still connected, so that explains how she was infected with the Cordyceps virus. Uh, and Marlene shows up a few hours later with a couple of other fireflies. Oh, and and Anna, sorry, was played by Ashley Johnson, who was the voice and mocap actor for Ellie in the original last of us game. Uh, but, uh, Marlene shows up with a couple of other fireflies and uh, the relationship between Marlene and Anna is stated that they have a close relationship. It's not, it's, it's, it's implied that they're best friends. Uh, it's not stated what they are, uh, but she's like, you've got to take care of my baby. Make sure she's safe. Make sure she's, you know, uh, taken care of. And you got to take care of me. You got to kill me. She's like, I can't do that. And she takes the baby, walks out, hands it to one of the fireflies, walks back to him, boom, kills her. So that's the origin of Ellie. Uh, Cuts to present day in Salt Lake City. We see Joel and Ellie. They are walking uh, through the city. We see, you know, just how it's been overgrown. They go into a building, climb up to get a view of the land. And I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, in the game, every time you get to a new city, that's what you do. You find the tallest building, you go up to the top, you find a route through, and then proceed from there on foot, fighting off hordes of infected on the way. Uh Um, in this, Ellie's like, let me guess. We're going to go do this, you know, all unenthusiastically. And Joel and just he injects a little bit of humor in the situation. He's like, no, I found some dynamite. We're going to blow through that." She's like, really? He's like, no, but I had you going, didn't I? We see Joel lighting up and joking around with her, trying to cheer her up. And in this, she's very distant because she's still processing the trauma that she went through of being, uh, assaulted by david in the last episode Mm -hmm. Uh, they make their way into a parking garage Uh, she sees giraffes they go and they feed the giraffe pet the giraffe and that's cool then they're walking through afterwards talking about what they would like to do after this is all said and done right before that happens so they have a conversation where he's like you know you don't have to go through with this and she says I need it all to mean something. It can't be for nothing. Well, during their conversation afterwards, uh, Joel reveals to her that he was the one who shot and missed. And that's how he got the scar on his face, uh, that he attempted suicide on the second day. And, you know, they have this great bonding moment where she's glad that he didn't succeed. And he lets her know that, she, without saying directly, that you know she's become his world. You know, not so many words. It's implied that right. she's the reason that he's still going. <clears throat> anyway, they get uh, they get captured by Firefly soldiers. They knock Joel unconscious. He wakes up in a hospital, and there's Marlene. She explains that doctors are prepping Ellie for surgery. He says, surgery? She's like, yeah, they've got to harvest the cells. He says, but cordyceps grows in the brain. She says, exactly. He realizes that it's going to kill her, and he protests. Uh, Marlene says, get him out of here. Give him his pack. And this knife, which was the knife that Ellie's carried, which was the knife that her mother left to her, She's like, give him this on the highway, let him go. If he tries anything, kill him. On his way out, uh, he stops. He asks the guards which way to go at an elevator, spins around, or a stairwell, spins around, kills them, and then this part just goes into Joel killing everybody. And the sound, the way they engineered the sound in this, they kind of muted and muffled the sounds a little bit of him picking up the weapons, emptying clips on fucking soldiers, picking up weapons from new soldiers like you do in the game. You know, when you expire the ammo, ammo in, one, in one fucking weapon, you find another weapon and use it until that ammo is used up. So keep going, and that's what he was doing in this scene. But the fucking score, what they did to the score when they fucking... Like, synthesized it a little bit and brought it up to <laughs> yeah. like elevate his mood. That was just brilliantly done. He uh, finds his way uh, after killing his way. He finds his way into the surgery uh, room where they're getting ready to cut her open. And Joel uh, kills the doctor, tells the nurses to turn around, picks up Ellie and carries her out. And he's in a parking garage. And Marlene says, hey, you can't take her. There's still time. We can still do this. And then it cuts away to uh, Joel driving in a vehicle. And Ellie wakes up in the back seat and he tells her that the fireflies had failed to develop a cure from other immune people. Because there were dozens of people that were immune. And then Raiders showed up. And he got her out of there and they were going home. Uh, as he's telling this story, it intercuts to the conversation with he and Marlene and it shows that he kills Marlene. He's like, you just keep coming after her. Um, They break down a few miles from Jackson, Wyoming. They hike to Jackson and overlooking Jackson. Ellie starts talking about you know, her past opening up to Joel. And then she said, I need you to swear to me that everything you told me is true. He's like, I swear. And she says, okay. And then it cuts to black. Holy shit. And yeah, Same exact, same exact music is in the game too. Yeah. Yeah. And almost beat for beat, scene for scene, same as the game. Yeah.
0: I, told, uh, I told my folks, I said, I said, uh, so that episode was pretty much identical to the game. The only difference is like the conversation that Joel and Ellie have before getting captured by the fireflies. And then um, you play Joel just going on a rampage to the, the hospital. Yeah. And then they were like, Oh wow. Okay. But yeah, something that, I was really excited about this episode coming out was the conversation around what, whether Joel did was right or wrong, because I haven't experienced that conversation in
1: 10 years. Yeah. uh, That's the thing. That was a thing 10 years ago. And now it's a thing again. And here's the thing. I haven't changed sides on do I think he was right or wrong? I don't. I haven't, I haven't changed sides. I'm still on the same side I was ten years ago.
0: Well, I can't imagine why you would change. But one of the things about Joel doing what he did—it's the modern-day trolley problem. If you don't know what the trolley problem is, I'll fill you in. Not not you specifically, because I'm sure you know. But if our yeah, yeah. If, you, if our listeners don't know what the trolley problem is, it's an old it's an old thought experiment where on one side of the track there's 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 two tracks. On one side there's about five people tied to the. Track. On the other side is one person, and that one person is someone that you care about or someone important to you, right? It could be your mom. It could be your dad. It could be a, 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 a doctor who has a life-saving procedure for you specifically. The important part is, is that person is important to you. There's a trolley coming down, that tr- down the path, and you can change the direction of the trolley to kill the one important person or the five strangers. Now, it's a moral conundrum because do you actively – now, right now, the trolley's heading towards the one person. That's that's how that works. So do you actively kill five people or not do anything and save five people? One for the greater good. Mm-hmm. This trolley problem has been a thought experiment because it allows the, the, the thinker to process what they think is morally correct, right? And you're not supposed to just go, well, here's the solution. Here's, here's how you do it. You're supposed to go, well, if I do it this way, and, and you're supposed to toss it back and forth. If you look at this situation with Joel and Ellie in the hospital, and you aren't doing that, then you have viewed it wrong. Now, your opinion on it is neither wrong nor right. Your opinion on it is how you feel and how you would feel in that situation. And neither is wrong. But just assuming that you have the right answer is wrong. Because what Joel did can be viewed right or wrong. Depending on the viewer. Depending on the situation. What Joel did had wrong pieces to it but you know good reasons essentially it's a hard morally correct thing to do and 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 ha- and watching people who didn't experience the game go through that and listening to them fight with their own inner thoughts on it Has been fascinating. But I have seen a lot of people do what people did with the first game as well. And that was completely side with Joel 110%. Really? And I I hate that. And I think that that's wrong by itself. Going, I would have done what Joel did, even if it is wrong. That's fine. No issues with that. But accepting what Joel did as right yikes
1: I've Big never yikes. never been okay with his decision in that game Nor should you No I've I've always been like all through this game he's redeeming his character he's growing to care for somebody only to become the villain in the end
0: See and I don't even not, see it from
1: like not, Not like the villain per se, but he's basically doomed humanity to keep going through what they're doing. Well, so I was talking to my buddy Andy, who
0: stopped playing the game after the first uh,
1: the first clicker,
0: yeah. Um, and I was talking to him about like what his opinion on the whole situation was, and he because he was like. He was like I'd have done the same thing that Joel did because you know like I I care for my kids and 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 I and I get where he's coming from entirely and I would have done the same thing. He goes, "But on the other hand, like he did doom humanity. But on the other hand, who's to say that, you know, humanity is going to accept a fucking new suddenly out of nowhere vaccine, you know?" <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point. And Let's he's right about this he's, he, he's right about fucking everything. That's what I love about it. There is no wrong opinion if you're thinking about it. (laughs) If you're putting actual thought process behind what Joel's decision was, you're not wrong.
1: No, no. uh, You know, if I were in that situation and it were Madison, I can't Uh say that I would act differently. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I would. I would like to think that I would, but I can't say that I would. You know. you know,
0: Mark, the other guy that we have in our D and D group who I play with on Tuesday nights, he said, "Why didn't Marlene tie Joel down? Why didn't they handcuff him to something?"
1: She didn't and think they would have like, to. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's my point. Is like the reason I like him thinking it from that perspective is like that's what I love about The Last of Us, both the game and now the show, is that. Every single character is flawed. They make mistakes. And that's what makes the story so well-constructed. So, I don't know. I just... I'm very fucking happy right now. Like, extremely happy that this show has rebirthed the conversation I thought was fascinating 10 years ago. Yeah. So... But I'm giving the episode an A+, and the whole show an S-tier. Just FYI. I don't think I have to go into why. I mean, expertly shot, expertly written, expertly fucking acted. Nobody's bad. Not, not a scene was fucking out of place or wrong in the show. It's just been fucking beautiful from front to back.
1: What about you? I have to agree with both uh, and give the same. A plus for the episode S tier for the fucking series. Um, best adaptation from a video game. I've ever seen, yeah, ever. And there have been a lot of video game adaptations out there, and most of them are, you know, not great. There's a few good ones, but this one, Stellar, surpasses the source material, which is tremendous. Uh Uh, When you can surpass your source material, but yet stay true to it, you've done an incredible job. Just worthy of the utmost of praises. Um, You know, I saw a couple people like, but it's a zombie show. We didn't have any more zombies after Kansas City, hardly. So what? It's not about zombies. It's about people and their decisions and their choices and their relationships and how they are navigating through all this. You know, the zombies are just an obstacle. Yeah, they're prevalent in the game because you have to have challenges on your way from traversing from point to point to point. But as this show shows, you know, how it it, it gives us scenarios to where it's difficult enough as it is without those additional fucking obstacles yeah yeah it's beautifully done i, I absolutely love I, it i'm sad that it's over
0: we're gonna get our season two they said that uh, uh they should start start shooting season two in april yeah yeah so i'm really excited about that and they, and and I know they're gonna follow the 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 plot of part two pretty closely, but they're gonna tell it differently. And knowing how part two plays out, because I, you know, I I, I played it, um, they're gonna have to tell it like a TV show, whereas you can't do that with like the way the game's told. You can't do it the same. So, and you'll know that once you once you play the fucking part two.
1: Oh uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
0: That's yeah, I'm, I'm I'm so excited. Uh but uh let's go ahead and uh, move on to Mandalorian season 3 episode 3.
1: Yeah, yeah. this is chapter 19, The Convert. Uh it opens up where the last episode left, left off uh with Din Djarin and Bo-Katan and Grogu on the edge of the living waters in the Mounds of Mandalore. Uh, He recovers and comes to. She asks if he saw anything. He's like, no, this ground just suddenly gave way and I just fell. She's like, you didn't see anything alive down there? He's like, no. So she doesn't tell him about the mythosaur. Uh, He's like, get me back to my ship and I'll be on my way. Thanks for saving me. Uh, Upon returning to Calaballa, they're attacked by... TIE squadrons of TIE Interceptors. Um, and in an exciting action sequence, we see him do a drop, get into his in one starfighter and help Bo-Katan fight the fighters off. Only for TIE bombers to come in and bomb the shit out of her castle. Uh, and they are forced to retreat and they jump to hyperspace. Uh, the last, the next part doesn't take place until the very end of the episode. So, in between this, uh, we have, we cut to Dr. Pershing on Coruscant, the doctor who was wanting to clone Grogu in the first season, and uh, second season. We see him receiving a pardon by the New Republic, uh, and reintegrated into society uh, after going through one of their reintegration institutes. Uh, But he's startled to find that Eliah Kane, the female communications officer from off Gideon's ship in Season 2, is aboard the Amnesty uh, among the Amnesty program's recipients. Uh, They start having conversations and she says that she wants to help him in his efforts to continue his cloning research because he truly believes that in the hands of the new Republic, this technology can be helpful to so many people. And he gives the example of his mother, her heart giving out. And if they had the ability to clone organs, so many needless deaths and illnesses could go treated, uh, that's his motivation. You know, she's she's pushing him in this to uh, continue his efforts. And it's like, look, what would you need to continue your research? And he's like, well, I'd need materials. I'd need a mobile lab. She's like, I can get you a mobile lab. Let's go get it. Uh, they sneak aboard a decommissioned Star Destroyer in the uh, in the shipyards uh, and still the necessary materials on the mobile lab but outside she betrays him to the new Republic's law, uh, enforcement and observing his rehabilitation. Uh, she sabotages the procedure and wipes his mind. Uh, which was wild. Uh, very yeah. cool to see. Then it cuts back to Bo-Katan and Din Djarin coming coming out of hyperspace, uh, and they have retreated to the Mandalorian Enclave. He pulls out a tube that he took a water sample from the living waters to give proof of his redemption, and because Bo-Katan has bathed in the waters and not taken her helmet off since, the armorer armor declares her redeemed as well, and they are welcomed into welcomed back into the Enclave, and that's how the episode ended. Uh, you can tell Paz Vizla was not pleased at all. (laughs) Yeah. Really cool episode. Exciting, exciting, exciting opening. That action sequence, all that was fun as hell. But I thought that the Coruscant stuff, while not as fast-paced and exciting, it's our first real glimpse into how the government functions, uh, how say, they're between, doing things.
0: Yeah, between this and and uh um, and or I, I
1: fucking love this shit. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing it's, it's like you mentioned to me. This is like the United States government, you know, integrating Nazi scientists into fucking U.S. society after World War Two. Yep. You know, it's essentially just like that, you know. Um and I really do feel that Dr. Pershing was rehabilitated did want to continue his research to do good. But man, something about a lie she's she's a sneaky one. Oh yeah. And it I'm, was I'm, fascinating. Yeah. This is a long fucking episode too. Yeah. Well, this is our longest episode so far this season. The first one was thirty seven minutes, last week was forty-five, and this one was fifty-eight.
0: Yeah. So I like I yeah, I fucking I thoroughly enjoyed the the glimpse outside of uh the glimpse outside of like what Mando's doing and, and a little bit more insight into into the politics of of you know Star Wars like I make the joke all the time that uh, one of the worst things about the prequels are the Senate meetings, you know? Yeah. But it'd have been more interesting if it was political intrigue without the fucking
1: boring part, you know? So. Yeah, no, no, you're not right. I, I don't know. I, we don't I, give uh, a fuck about taxes and trade routes and blockades. Right, exactly. But seeing how government treats its citizenry seeing how they, I mean, they're given housing, uh, granted it's shitty housing. Uh, you could tell, you know, there wasn't nice gardens outside of this apartment complex. You know, these were tiny one room apartments, uh, efficiency apartments, you know, essentially, um, you know, shit jobs, but given jobs regardless. Uh, But it was interesting to see, I felt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, regardless of how slow it was compared to other Mandalorian episodes. I really fucking dug this episode and... I kind of want a whole series like that, you know, like I, I think that that would be really interesting because one of, one of an an interesting thing to me about star Wars is that there's so much going on in the universe of star Wars that you don't have to stick to one spot. You don't have to stick to just Jedi and having these new like little things that are outside of that purview has been awesome. Um, So I would love an entire series that like, so there was a game that was going to come out a few years ago. This was a long time ago called 1313. um, And it got canceled for, I don't remember why, but it was always disappointing to me that it got canceled because it was, it was a part of, of the star Wars worlds that we had never seen. And I feel like we're getting all that now. We're getting a lot of that now.
1: Yeah, one of the things that Favreau said uh, when the Mandalorian was first announced is that over the course of the series, we're going to see the seeds of the First Order being sown and how, yeah. how that comes about. So, you know, this Elia uh, Kane definitely has some First Order vibes to her, does she not? Oh, yeah, Absolutely that's the fucking lovely and she's fucking cute <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but yeah i'm I'm gonna give this episode an a plus i really fucking enjoyed it from front to back you know you had the you had the beginning and the end that were really exciting and f- fascinating and that giant center that i was just like i was fucking enthralled the entire time also what do you think those biscuits taste like i said lemon squares
1: uh i think they're like you know lona doing shortbread cookies
0: uh, I don't want to think of was shortbread because I don't like shortbread. <laughs> I love
1: shortbread, man. But I love um, shortbread cookies. What grade would you give it? A plus. Okay. It was it was fucking great. I wanted to see more, and I was, I, you know, I love it when I'm watching something and I'm really enjoying it, and it cuts to the credits, and you're like, "Fuck, that's all." You know, I did it again this morning. You know, even though it was an hour long, it didn't feel like an hour. It's just, it holds your attention. It tells a great story, great pace. Uh, you know, and it helps that Favreau has either written or co-written every episode this season too. Uh, this one he co-wrote, but it was, uh, it was well done. You know, I like how he is uh, continuing, you know, gives that a more of a f- cohesive feeling to it if he's involved in every single episode, whereas in the first couple of seasons, there were some episodes that he wasn't involved with at all, uh, and it was either Felony or... Uh, Rick uh Femu Femu Yiba, however you say his name. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Uh like you're gonna hear this. Uh but <laughs> yeah. Uh it was still still well told and everything, but I think this is just gonna give a little bit more, more cohesiveness to it, maybe. That's just a theory. But yeah, it's fucking a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Loving that this is back. Uh, you know, we've got five more weeks of The Mandalorian. So we'll be definitely checking out episode four next week. But what else would we be checking out next week, Greg? Uh, We're going
0: to be um, watching Burt Kreischer's... Kreischer? Kreischer. I don't know why I have... I was a Kreishner and I'm like, that's not right. Uh, Burt Kreischer's new special on Netflix called Razzle Dazzle or Frazzle Dazzle. It's a razzle, it's razzle dazzle. Why did I write frazzle?
1: Yeah, that's weird. I
0: don't know. Um, yeah, it's fucking bizarre. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we're watching that, and I'm going to come up with a fun little March Madness bracket, um, and uh, hopefully, we'll have a guest. We'll see. We'll see if we can get one. But uh, yeah, if not, I'll just po- I'll just pose it to Maya, and Maya will be the deciding factor on the bracket. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, um, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, uh, two shows just in the fucking bank. So, you know, that's, that's how that works. Um, make sure you follow on us all socials. If we do add anything to the show, that's what you we'll, we'll tell you on social medias, or at least we'll try. We're really bad about it, but you know we'll try. So go and follow those. Those are all listed down below. Um, if you're looking for a t-shirt coming up springs around the corner, so you can get a t-shirt at our Teespring store. Um, that'll have our cartoon faces on it and our nice little logo. And if you do buy something, let us know. We'll give you a quick shout out. Also, there is a discount code for listeners who make it this far into the podcast. Maya, what is that discount code?
1: It is AQU15. AQU15 for 15% off your entire purchase order at Teespring. There you go. Um, that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my full name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. It's also linked to my Twitter and Instagram profiles. So it is your one-stop shop for everything I'm up to, if you can find me, because I'm under restriction for the next two and a half weeks still. <laughs> uh, I told you about that, didn't I? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, that's, that's where you can find me. What about you, Greg?
0: Uh, Chubbrock Geek on all social medias. Um, I'll be uploading some new uh, video game content this this week um, on my Twitter, as I have been. Which I should really download and move over to Instagram since it's a better service at this point. But, uh, yeah, if you want to see me and my friends make, make asses of ourselves, that's the way you do that. They're just short clips. They're not, you know, anything substantial. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Remember, it is uh, Mandalorian episode four. Uh, Burt Crusher's razzle razzle dazzle and nice little March Madness March Madness bracket for us. Um, always remember, fuck the GOP, fuck the NRA, donate and help where you can, and we'll see you next week.
1: Take care, everybody.